when kids are engaged in play, they are in fact exercising what we now call executive skills at, at some of the highest levels. They show more self-control. Um, they, you know, have self-imposed rules that they play within. Um, they're not as impulsive. They are more empathetic towards other people. Uh, so, you know, all the way back then, and if you look at any of the developmental theories um, that have <laughs> that have been developed, um, <laughs> you'll find that that play is part of almost every single one, and it it really speaks to the fact of that it's important in development, and it's not just about you know we need we need to learn how to fun, we need to learn how to run around, we need to you know be physically active. It's because it develops. It's how we develop our brain. ADHD Rewired, episode 109. This is the show designed to help those of us who have really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tibbers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and consultant. We know that starting can be the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me thank our sponsors. Support for this podcast comes from ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Groups. Save 400 bucks on summer enrollment by registering before March 31st. Go to coachingrewired.com for details. That's coachingrewired.com and prepare to get your ADHD rewired. I don't read much because I'm so hooked on audiobooks. Someone sent me a book and it sat on my shelf for close to a year, but I finally read it and I am so glad that I did. Chasing Kites by Tom Nardone was an amazing heartfelt tale of life growing up with ADHD before there was a diagnosis for it. Many of us have been entertained by Tom Nardone through his blog and his podcast, but if you are expecting Chasing Kites to be more of the same, you'd better guess again. Tom shares the most personal struggles, tragedies, and victories from his life growing up. Get ready to meet the little boy who went to school only wanting to make friends and have fun as he learned. See how the treatment by Tom's peers changed him. Learn how this child, who was liked by so few, would become a man who was a hero to so many. Chasing kites should be required reading. To every teacher, parent, coach, doctor, and particularly those with ADHD. I laughed, I cried, and I will never see Tom the same after I have read this book. Go today to ADHDpeople.net and listen to my interview with Tom Nardone as we talk about his book. And while you're listening, go to TomNardone.net and buy his book. But don't go right now. First, listen to my show, you know, ADHD Rewired. Then go get his book. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. I am here in the virtual ADHD Rewired studios with my returning guest, Dr. Kirsten Milliken. The Doctor of Play, best sell- soon to be best-selling author of a brand new book, Play DHD. This book is awesome. 
Thank you. And let me just say, you you would know because you've actually read it already. Mm-hmm. There you, I have a lot of people saying that and they haven't even gotten their copy yet. So. You know, one of the things, that, and here's where I want to kind of start. So one of the things that you said um, when you were telling me about the book is that this book is really fun. And I was like, well, it's a fucking play and you're doing it. Of course, it's going to be fun. So let me kind of explain for the listener um, what play ADHD, why it's, you know, it's a book on play and ADHD and we're going to really dig into it. But when we talk about why it's a fun book, so this is the only time that I've been reading a book where sort of randomly it was like on page, I don't know, chapter three, where it just tells you to turn the book upside down, upside down and go to, to page uh, like 69 or something. Yeah. Was that number chosen on purpose? <laughs> I swear it wasn't. I know. <laughs> Even I had that thought. Even I had that thought. And then it's just this random chapter and you get to the end of that, like then it gives you directions to turn it back around to go to the next chapter. And it's just like, why? So you're, you actually read the book upside down. <laughs> well, my first, honestly, my first thought was like, did the publisher screw up? And then I had to like, go and like read it a little bit more closely she's just playing with us and so this is what the book is. i mean there's pictures and all the the pages most of the pages it's fun it's fun thank you so i want to start here and that's that you have a quote um by uh, dana keller who's a, a play researcher it says play is the joy of being fully and i'm gonna try that one more time let me mark my edit button no one will know this happens <laughs> Play is the <laughs> Mark it again. Or do it again. Ready? This part's probably gonna stay in. Play is the joy of being fully and engaged. You know why I'm not reading right? Because I have a sticky note covering part of the quote. Because you're playing with it. Because okay. we're playing right now and you're trying to stay in the moment and take yourself out of it to read this quote. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So we're gonna take three, maybe four. Play is the joy of being fully present and engaged without fear of failure. A pleasant venture into the unknown. How appropriate that is. You know, and and I want to challenge you. Yes. This is going to mess you up in your editing because I'm going to give you a challenge. It's actually going to mess believe... up Tom. It's going to mess up Tom Nardone because he's my new editor. Oh, well, I'm going to challenge that. you to leave in all of those bloopers that you just did because it's a, a perfect example of what that quote really is about right Mm -hmm. just playing with something you fail oh well you do it again right you're gonna get to it we're gonna have this conversation but what will people think you want to know what they're gonna think that you're human Mm -hmm. and they're gonna maybe laugh with us if you leave it in there because it is kind of a little bit silly and you didn't act embarrassed about it you weren't dying over it you know it was like all right how am i gonna do this and your voice changed to this very serious voice (laughs) It was funny that it took me like three tries to realize, oh, I have a word. I have sticky notes in the book to, to cue me to different spots. And, oh, I have a word actually covering. That's why it wasn't actually making sense. Like, am I misreading it? Is it? So it's, so it's, you know, this idea of, of play doesn't have a point, which is the point. Exactly. There's so, no purpose. Which I, which I love. And in your whole book is really, it's very meta in that way. So you're describing ADHD and so you, with that, throughout the, the your description in what I think it was chapter one about ADHD, you kind of have your own narrative that that you include. You even include the, the diagnostic kind of symptoms of of ADHD, 
And under each symptom, you have your own little kind of side notes, like fidgets with hands and feet or squirms in chair. Then you write, I will in a chair so no one will notice. Like, And it's that kind of stuff throughout the book. And then I love that you have this little illustration where it's talking about the combined type, which is when you have the symptoms of inattentiveness and hyperactivity. And this little uh, um, uh, figure just has a sign saying, lucky me. I love that because it's it's funny because I I was giving a presentation a few weeks ago when I was talking about the symptoms and and talking about the combined type and I said and for some of us who win the lottery and get both of them so it was that that same idea so I I absolutely love that I I do have to pause for just one moment and give tons and tons of credit I was so fortunate. You'll see on the front page um, when your readers or your viewers get the book. And I'm sure when you notice it says uh, Morgan Picard did all of the graphics and and design. So um, he was a gem, a gem. So um, and really helped me to make this whole vision come true because I had written this book a couple of times and it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And I Mm -hmm. said, I really need it to be interactive and colorful and fun you did. He you it. nailed it. You nailed he it. Got, he nailed it. He totally nailed it. I said, look, you know what I want. He has ADHD. He knows what it's like to try and get through a book that's, you know, black and white. And uh, he just took all of my ideas and made them happen. So that's, very well, important. And part of that has to, though, be the your communication of those ideas. Because I know delegation is one of those things what we all hear is such a great idea and we should all be doing it, right? Right. But then it's like when you actually try to do it, it's really hard to to communicate what it is that you want to do, especially in a creative process when it's like you know what you know when you got it right when you see it at the end, but it's hard yeah. to communicate that in a linear way. I, yeah, I do think I was very in some ways lucky, but I think also I mean Morgan's just an incredible talent, and so uh, and he's part of the tribe. And so, you know, that doesn't mean that you automatically get it, but he did in this case. So (laughs) big credit to him. I'm going to make a little audio note here. Uh, Tom, I'm turning Kirsten's uh, level down on my end. Yeah, I always talk loud. You might need to adjust. Okay. You're welcome, Tom. (laughs) My job is to make your life easier because you make my life easier. Maybe I should just keep this whole part in, too, just my, my, my whispering of sweet nothings to Tom Nardone. You, your whispering will take me down. It's a great ADHD strategy, and it is a little playful, right? So you have in here, in your book, um, when you're talking all about ADHD, um, you can call it a Cosmo quiz. You have this uh, answer these questions, true or false. I was like, I am doing this quiz. Nice. Okay, so it's this 59-question quiz. Um I mean, you start your first question. I mean, clearly diagnostic. Um, this is true or false. I would love to be a passenger on a space shuttle. True. Clearly true. I would love to. I would, I would absolutely love to be a passenger on a space shuttle. So clearly diagnostic. We have um, the, the next one is um, I like making my own decisions. Um, so I did have a question. Number four. You said yes, my vacations have to be planned. And I was like, well. For me to go on vacation, it needs to be planned for me. So is that what you meant? Or like, I need to plan my vacation before I go on a vacation? 
Um, so, the, well, everybody's obviously going to interpret their own way. The intention was, I have to plan my vacation. Like, I have to know what I'm doing every day. And, you know, I have to have an itinerary kind of uh, planning. Yes. So you have these 59 questions and you do, uh, you do note in there that this is not a scientifically You can't give it away. You can't give away the answer. I, I just beg you, just tell them. Let's just say it's well, really important that you start at the beginning. What? You want to give it away. What am I giving away? <laughs> what was your score? Oh, you want me to tell you my score? Or you don't I want to know what your score is. My score um, was 46. Okay. And what does that say about you? That says 46 I am says, right well, in the middle. Welcome to the tribe. Right? Yes. You're more likely than not to have attention problems that are in the range of being diagnosable. Hyperfocus when you're interested in something is common, as are challenges with memory, interest, motivation, and focus when things are boring, routine, or just not your cup of tea. What did you find funny about this, though? What Other I, than the questions, I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> so the thing that I found funny about it was the first thing was like, really, I'm going to have to like, I, it reminded me of school and the Scantron where there's 40 questions on the exam. You get to the end of your Scantron and you're filling in the 41st bubble. Yeah. And was, did you actually make it to all 59? I did. Wow. Are you sure? Yeah, I but I had to go back. I point. had to go back because I was off on my counting like three times. Uh, see, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I, because I, there, are, there are bonus points that are included in some of the scores, right? I, I did. Yeah. So there was the... Um, Oh, I did have the thought multiple times of, okay, like I'm getting hyper-focused in this. I need to like keep moving. Like, no, I'm going to do this. It's kind of fun. <laughs> and I, and I, so I, I stayed going with it. <laughs> you were enjoying yourself. I there was, you I was. I'll just tell you that I would, I, it would take me a couple sittings to get through something like that. <laughs> so. Oh, there's one, there's one question about, um, you would rather, um, you'd, is that waiting in line with I like your favorite flavor of ice cream and there's a long lines? Would you rather like put your ice cream back or wait in line or something like that? Yeah. And I would wait it out because I love ice cream. Me too. I'm like, totally with you. Like who? Like if it's right? really good ice cream. Well, first, what I would actually do is I would just start eating it in line. That's what I was about <laughs> to say, right? Because if it starts melting, right, you don't want it to go to waste, right? But you don't want to put it back. You know what they should do? You know, like when you go to some stores and they have like the bigger ticket items where they have like, you just take like this like hard kind of card and they scan the card and then they bring it to you. They yeah. should do that with ice cream. I am with you. Isn't that a good idea? So it doesn't melt. Create a it's whole like... business. We could create a whole business. <laughs> I'm in. You in? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> what, what... Come on, Eric. That's why you didn't score higher. <laughs> You know, there there were certain ones though that I, that I felt really good about because I looked at it and said I used to do that or I used to be like that, and or ah. I can or I can really say like I've I've gotten that one down. Yep, yep. So you do know this is all in fun. This is all. This is <laughs> all in fun. fun. There is no diagnostic, uh, <laughs> you know, qualitative analysis of whether or not going up on the space shuttle is a good diagnosis. <laughs> for ADHD but no but a lot a lot of them were very uh you know kind of characteristic traits not necessarily how it's described in the DSM yeah. but more of the the stuff that's like you know 
um, is still trying to find the perfect planner. Like, yeah, it's such a common thing, right? Yep. Yep. Talk a little bit about the, what's the seventh sense? A seventh sense. I'm sure I wrote about it in the book. You didn't did write I? about it. <laughs> do, you, do, you want, do you want me to give you your own cliff notes? Yeah, I do. Tell me what my cliff notes are. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? You know what? You spend all of this time on the book and then you've got to try and memorize everything. I, that I totally get it too, because I have had so many times where someone will like email me or make a comment about something I said on a podcast. Yeah. And then like, uh, you know, someone will recommend like a podcast episode about a certain topic and they're at the last thing to make a recommendation. I'm like, mm, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. There you go. I find also that there, yeah, when things are new and novel, I write about them a lot and then I move on to the next thing. Yep. So there's probably a lot of little things like that in this book that hopefully other people find new and novel for a little while. So if the sixth sense is intuition, yes. the seventh sense you write about is imagination. Imagination. I do remember that. Yes. It's all coming back to you now. <laughs> so I would it like is. you to imagine for a moment. Yes. That you are on a, a beach mm. with a a purple feathered talking parrot. I can do that. And you are about to create a plan with this purple feathered talking parrot. Mm. And the plan is about creating a a play activity for all the other parroted or feathered creatures on this island, what's the activity you guys come up with? <laughs> I'm actually thinking that I was watching a movie the other night um, where this creature was, it was underwater, but I imagine this with the birds, right? Doing this great like acrobatic uh, flight where you have to like go through tunnels and through like narrow areas and then big wider areas. And um, it, maybe it would almost be like a, um, a treasure hunt, right? Trying to do this, this very acrobatic kind of flight. But along the way, you have to go fly through over under certain things. And like that's, like what, an that's what the treasure hunt is. Like like hula hoops, they have to kind of fly through. Like, remember what was the game? Yeah, um, there you go. They have to fly through a hula hoop or through a ring of fire, <laughs> through a like through a narrow cave. Um, you know, through the jaw open jaws of a tiger with. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and when you get inside a tiger, it's this whole other world that there has like go. a whole amusement park. Yeah, and that there's actually a cave system that you have to go like down, 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 down. But then when you get to the bottom, it like shoots you up really fast. <laughs> and then when you get up there, there's a there's a store that says ice cream, no waiting. No waiting, exactly. You don't even need the card to get the guy to go get it for you. <laughs> so why is play so important? Well, if, you know, obviously we're talking about ADHD. And um, when you start with that brain, the ADHD brain, you are starting with a difference from other people. I, and I, you know, and one of the differences is, is that our frontal part of our brain needs more dopamine, doesn't have enough dopamine, it's not available enough, however you want to look at it, um, it's a dopamine issue, mm -hmm. um, which means that 
our executive functioning, the planning, um, initiation, perseverance, organization, all of this stuff is being impaired Mm -hmm. because of the dopamine issue. So if we think about how uh, we tend to tend to historically treat this, um, medications, Ritalin. Ritalin helps to make dopamine more available to that part of our brain. Um, some people use drugs, caffeine, cocaine, uh, all kinds of stimulant medications and other medications because it makes that part of their brain feel Nicotine. Odd. Nicotine. Yep, absolutely. Um, there are certain foods that will also uh, have an effect on the dopamine system. So, uh, and well, those things are all healthier, less healthier, whatever, you know, play. You're having this look on that. your face of, of what was the question? <laughs> no, was it, was it wasn't. That... <laughs> it wasn't. It was, how do I say this? Because it's just to me, like, you know, we do all these things. We put medication in and there's all of these news reports. Is it, is it okay? Are we hurting our brains by doing this? Are there long-term health effects for doing this? Um, medications for ADHD. One of the side effects that's listed on all of them is potential death. I'm like, or psychosis. That doesn't sound fun to me. Um, I get it though. It's an easy fix. And, you know, as long as you have that in your system, your brain is getting what it needs so that you can manage some of the challenges that come with ADHD. All right. Um, so it's so gone, it's gone. In, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, the whole contentious issue of medication. Yep. Um, there are so many people, I think, that will never get the help that medication can provide because of the fear. And so right. what I'm so I'm imagining right now the first time listener who's hearing you talk about the, right. the, the uh, I I am let me just be clear and it's clear in the book too. I take medications. My son takes them on occasion. I never say don't take medications. It is an individual choice. You know, how often are you going to hear that somebody dies from a medication? I haven't yet. And to be really clear, when we're talking about mm-hmm. medication for ADHD, the stimulant medications, deaths associated with zero. Yeah. Right. There was one right. associated in Canada and it, and it right. turned out to actually like he had a, he had a right. heart condition that was not right. So it's right. So I just wanted to be on to be really, really thank, clear. On thank that. you for clarifying that. I do think because I, I don't want people to be scared off from medication. Um, it's not my intention. Again, I'm right up front about the fact that yes, I do take it. Um, but I, I take it at the lowest possible dose. I used to be on a much higher dose, um, because I wasn't managing, you know, my activity, my play, uh, my sleep, my diet, all that as well. Um, so there are all those things. Again, a lot of that is dependent on outside influences. You have to get the prescription every Mm -hmm. month, go get it refilled, take the medication, remember to take the medication. Um, You know, diet, the same thing. Often we're struggling with that. Play is just something that unless you're really depressed, and I do know that depression goes with with ADHD, but is something that most people naturally want to do, right? When you're sitting at work and you're thinking, this is so hard. If somebody offered to let you go do something that was really fun, Likely, given the choice, you would choose the fun thing over sitting at work and, you know, banging your head against the wall. You, you even have in the book, um, and I and I really like the subtitle of, uh, of this header, it was programmed to play, but rewired to work hard. 
And then I was looking. How do you for, like then, that? And then I was looking for my name, and I didn't find it. Um, I'm so sorry, Eric. I'm sorry. I know. It's it's okay. <laughs> I know. I was hoping that maybe I just skipped it, or um, uh, I still don't see it. So uh, <laughs> you were in there in in spirit. I I'm get sure. it. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so you know, if we can, if we are getting rewired to work hard, then we can re we can re rewire ourselves to. Right. go back into play and you know one of the things that when i'm talking to people about adhd i talk about you know it's a lot one it's a lot harder i think to be a kid with adhd than it is to be an adult yeah. and you know people without adhd i they if they have a job that they absolutely love like that's it's like a blessing that's they're so lucky right it is For people with adhd i think that they have to have a job that they love I would agree. I was actually just talking to a friend of mine who is also a psychologist and uh, she was recently doing some research that she loved. And she and so all of her uh, coworkers thought she was just this dynamo. And the research project came to an end. And now they're giving her all of her regular work back. And she, it's taking her time and a half to get it done. And she is so frustrated and unhappy um, because this is not what she loves to do. She's been, she was blessed for this, you know, long period of time being able to do the research that she's just passionate about. Um, and now she is struggling to figure out how to manage her life and do the work that she's got to do, uh, knowing that it takes her so much longer. So oh, that's, that's so hard. It's so it hard. Is. And it's, you know, when, when I'm working with, uh, with clients too, it's like when, when there's that kind of realization of the, I hate my job and this is not like, this is not suitable for my ADHD. There's no, there's not a quick answer or an easy answer. And often, and often the right answer is a very difficult one. And it's going to be very, um, you know, one, it's uncertain. Yep. You know, but it's, I, I, I don't think it matters how old you are. It's like, well, you're going to be on this earth for so long anyways. So let's try to spend as much time doing what we love. Exactly. And, you know, and, and as you're pointing out, reality is sometimes we don't have a lot of choice for the economy, the way it is in some places and uh, limited job options, depending on where you're living. Um, and even just um, having difficulty because you've got ADHD, a lot of jobs are really fun to begin with, but once you settle into them, your brain isn't so turned on anymore. And so learning how to manage the dopamine in your brain so that you are finding ways to activate it as you go through your day in whatever job you're in, no matter how much you're in love with the people that you work with and the things that you have to do now um, is really important. And being playful is part of that. I told you I was going to lose this head. <laughs> so, you know, so finding your strategies for play is important and figuring out how you can work them into your day. And obviously some work environments are going to be more conducive to being playful than others. Um, you know, if you're working with a bunch of grumps in a warehouse uh, where people are getting paid minimum wage and they've been there for years, it's going to be a little bit harder to spark that playful attitude mm -hmm. with them um, to make the shift a little easier and more fun. But so my first thought though, if that is your situation is you can play a game to see how many times the, uh, you know, grumpy Greg, you know, utters a four letter word, um, you know, and you, you keep track and maybe one person that you're doing this with has, is using one person in a certain word and the other person is using the other person in a certain word. And so it's like, and I think that's what you're talking about when you can yeah. make any situation more fun. 
Absolutely. And it can be something that, you know, is just fun to you. You're thinking about it internally, like how many times can I get Greg to say that word? Um, or it could be something where it's a group thing where you're trying to, you know, I don't know, get the boss to say that something what what just came to mind is that that uh, once um episode of the office when they're in the the uh the the boardroom and they're all trying to watch they're seeing the the dvd uh logo like right in the exact corner and and then they all cheer and then you know the character michael scott thinks like he just has something great and so he's like all right meeting adjourned I love that, Jeff. There you go. There you go. I have a friend of mine who does work in a warehouse, and he said that he had a like a golf or a putting tournament with some of the guys one day because they have these huge open spaces with big long aisles. So um, that was, you know, but he said it's a struggle for him because of the mindset that so many of these people have. So sometimes it's a matter of just doing a little bit at a time and doing what it takes to entertain you. So, you know. You know, and your funny boxers to, to work one day if that entertains you or a funny hat or you know what have you or put a um a, a puppet monkey on your microphone or um, or put a little squirrel and for since um, you know since people may or may not ever see this video so people see know that my um the jim who hasn't been mentioned on the podcast in a while jim g-i-m is the good intentioned monkey um he's the uh kind of unofficial mascot of the of adsg rewired yes. um he's hanging on my my boom stand here uh with us because this is all about play and you know sometimes it's important we need to take breaks to, to play but sometimes when we love what we do it's also hard to take a break and i love yeah. what i'm doing right now but I do have to take a quick break. So we're going to be right back. When we come back, I want to talk to you about these the, the personalities, the, the play type personalities, because I think that's a really just fascinating uh, construct. So Kirsten Milliken, um, let's take a moment to play, and we'll be right back. You know, so after we uh, pressed off on the recording last week, you know, you gave me a nudge like, you know, you don't have to feel like you need to have a great week every time you come in here, come to the group and, you know, just spend a little bit of time talking about the the value of uh, vulnerability and openness and and stuff like that. This is Andrew Acre, ADHD coach and current member of the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. This is a continuation of his story. So the basic idea is like, I'm good at being vulnerable in sort of more intimate settings and in certain ways. And I have struggled for a long time at being vulnerable in group settings. And in addition to that, to just sharing who I am with the wider world. This couldn't come at sort of a more like opportune time because this is exactly what I want to work on in terms of my business. It's like, I want to put myself out there more. I want to write more. I want to sort of be bold and be courageous enough to be who I am as myself in my business. You know, so just that little nudge was like enough to get me thinking about like, how am I not living into that? You know, just sort of catching me only, you know, dipping my foot in or only going halfway in was just enough to really like let me know and and, and catch me on it. Yeah, it's just been running through my head ever since. In terms of like the showing up in the groups, I noticed that that I have this tendency in group settings to like just kind of let everybody else talk first, you know, share their stuff and, and get into it. I think part of that is feel like I'm a coach, you know, I do well to listen and help other people. But on the other hand, I want to be safe. And I want to strategize and I want to present myself and 
edit myself so that like I can show up in what I think is the best possible way, kind of in an artificial way. Like that just sort of really brought that home for me. One other thing that I heard this week that really uh, brought the whole thing home to me was like, you know, that if we want to go after our dreams, you know, basically we have to be ready to dance with our fears all the time because they're always going to be there. That thing that makes me want to protect myself and edit and kind of put on my best face to a group or to the big wide world, that is never, ever going to go away. And my job is to be ready to just dance with that. Andrew, you have been dancing with this group for the last six and a half weeks. Reflect a bit, if you would. What's it been like being in the group? How would you describe this group for yourself and kind of how you see it as a whole? One, I think the group is great for people of sort of all different levels. I think that it would be it, it would be great for somebody who is really sort of just getting a handle on their ADHD. And I think it's also great for people that think they have a good handle on it and are looking to do deeper stuff, right? I, I think it works equally well. The second thing that I would say is that it's like a really nice combination of serious and intense and open look and safe look at like, the emotional stuff and just like whatever the real difficult personal stuff that we're working through and like what's going on inside of us and you know how, how does everybody in the group relate to that and, and at the same time there's also this wonderful piece helping us make goals and uh, helping us be accountable and helping us think concretely about things and I am like the king of abstract and it's like Man, like anything that helps me think concretely is just so huge. Another thing is that like because I'm sort of this abstract thinker, blah, 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 you know, like to be all like vague and have my head in the clouds and, you know, think about the concepts and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, because I, because my brain sort of thinks that way, like I tend to be drawn towards other people that think that way. And I think that because, like, you have this excellent mix of, like, having both sides, um, it is a really nice combination to experience both sides. And, like, I, I don't know if you are, like, intentionally doing this with me, but I definitely feel like you're giving me those concrete nudges with some frequency at the points where they're needed. You know, it's like, I don't know if it's like, if it's your, if you know, that's what you need to do and you're doing it intentionally, or if it's just like you're, you're subconsciously doing it or you're doing it with everybody else. But it's like, I feel like I have had some work around X, Y, Z, but in this group, like I come in, we talk about X, Y, Z, we get, we work with the emotional stuff and then the concrete gets thrown in. And that's, and it's like, and it gets thrown in a way that is just the right push. It isn't like, I don't feel like it's being jammed down my throat. It's just, it's working. So what's been working for you? What have you been doing differently since you've been part of the coaching group? Because I know one of the things that you said a week or two ago was that one of your main goals in the group was to work on growing your business. How's that going? I'm doing like substantial work. I'm spending more time on things that are related to growing my business in my office hours. You know, I described early on the, the problem of not holding myself accountable for stuff because I'm in charge of my schedule and I have all the, the freedom in the world to not use my time as I'd like. 
So I've been spending more hours in the week doing stuff, working towards specific goals that I've articulated in the group and holding myself accountable to them. And of course, just like everybody else with ADD and like everything else with ADD, it's like, as soon as I get into it, it's like, I realize, oh, maybe this thing is actually more complicated than I had recognized. But at the same time, I'm persisting at certain things that are very difficult for me in a way that I haven't in the past. In the last week or two, Andrew shared about his writing goals. And I think I mentioned it was heard last week on the podcast that Andrew is working on a blog, or I said he's working on a blog. He's actually working on a more of a, an essay that he's putting a lot of research into. And here he talks about that. And he really talks about the process. And I think the process is such an important piece to the coaching experience that I wanted to highlight that here. This essay means a lot to me. You know, to put my brains and my inner thoughts down on paper couldn't mean more. So having the opportunity to go through a process where I'm doing that, I haven't been able to do this before. This is this is something I haven't done. Now, I haven't tried it in 15, 16 years. I'm reviewing what I've done and like, you know, those are observations for next time. That's information for the next time I go writing a project so that I can put parameters on the research that I do so that I can streamline it. Um, I mean, I guess I would say that I'm writing an article on um, cognitive neuroscience stuff that I find really interesting, that I find isn't being discussed in the ADHD space, and I would like to make a contribution to the ADHD space by writing about it um, as, you know, like, hey, this is something that we can talk about, and it's not that hard to talk about this, and we can bring it into our practices. It's like that was just like a sweet spot for my super nerdy mind that wants to go and read primary research. Like, oh, you got to dumb it down, you got to simplify it, and I was like, no, I mean... Like, I'll do that later, right? Just let me write the thing first. Then we can, like, edit it. And that's another thing that, like, I never was able to do previously in writing. Andrew, are you ready for some high-level accountability? Give us a due date. When do you see yourself being completely finished with this essay? I would say that it will safely be done within nine days. So that would be Monday... April 1st. ADHD Rewired, it's about stories. It's about strategies. It's about having those me too moments and leveraging the power of supportive accountability. Andrew, I want to thank you for sharing your story because it's important. You are experiencing the listener. You're going to hear growth as it unfolds. Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your story with ADHD Rewired. We look forward to continuing to check in with you. And when you are finished with that essay, we hope to have you want to actually talk about what you wrote about. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's a fun thing to do. And just like the work in the group, this is a growing opportunity. This, like this experience is a growth opportunity. This is the last week you can save up to $400, but you have to register by March 31st. Go to coachingrewired.com for details. 
Next session begins May 23rd. We're meeting every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. Central Time. Don't wait for this group to sell out or for the price to go up. Go to coachingrewired.com and prepare to get your ADHD rewired. And we are back as Kirsten Milliken is making a fishy face for no apparent reason because it's just fun to Why do. not? Now, Does there have to be a reason? Kirsten, there is no can purpose. You, can you raise just one eyebrow? Can you do that? <laughs> no. My son can do the, can do alternating eyebrows Ooh, and he knows it cracks me up. So he does it all the time. <laughs> Apparently only 10% of people can actually isolate really? their eyebrow. No. <laughs> I don't know how good of audio this will make, but can you can you curl your tongue? Can you touch I, I, your tongue to your nose? No, can you? Mm, right at the bottom of my nose, real yeah, bottom. I did it. I did, maybe yeah. I, maybe I can hit my my nose hair. <laughs> As I was saying, that, like the mustache start and the nose hair. <laughs> that's like right. So let's let's talk about um, maybe the Joker. Would that be a good place to uh, start with player? Oh, let's start with the Joker. So there are nine play personalities, um, and these are based on Stuart Brown's play personalities that he writes about in his book about play. Um, and <laughs> of course, you'd pick the Joker because he's the most primitive, right? And he is really the typical, what I think about, like the boys that I went to school with when I was young um, who had ADHD, they were goofing off, they were trying to be, you know, they were funny all the time to try and get attention. Um, you know, they like to play practical jokes. It was anything for a laugh, either to amuse themselves or to amuse other people. Um, so the Joker uh, is very outgoing, friendly, probably seen as an extrovert. Um, when you get older, sometimes it's the people who are on stage doing stand-up comedy. Um, you know, they like to tell jokes to their colleagues to get a good chuckle. Um, and do you have any jokes? Do you have any jokes? Like off, on, do you have any like, jokes? Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you know that um, Maine is the state where toothpaste was developed? If it was developed in any other state, it would have been called teeth paste. <laughs> Every once in a while, I remember a joke. I'm not good at them. I'm definitely not. And if you want to hear it in the original form, you can go back to the Tom Nardone's uh, interview with you. Uh, oh. where I heard and that cracked me up, by the way. And I was listening to your interview with him on, uh, I was on the airplane coming back from California. And I, I got a good laugh out of that one. <laughs> Somebody else told me another joke the other day. It was really funny, but I can't remember it for the life of me now. Maybe I'll remember it later. <laughs> so, so Eric, so which personality did you feel like fit you the best i was so like i was i was like hoping you were not going to ask me this because i I was was having you don't have to choose one well right and i know that i don't have to choose it was like most of them um not the kinesthetic one though i i prefer sitting on my butt i think um Because I, I have different parts of all of them. The explorer, I was thinking like the explorer, yeah, totally. Yeah, that was definitely like that was the one that probably resonated the most. Yeah, uh, the explorers, explorers like to focus on what they could, uh, what they could be rather than what is. I'm like, I need to show that to my wife because she's always, she's like, 
you know, Eric, I'm just, I'm content with what is, and you're always wanting something more. And it's like, it's not that I'm, that I'm like unhappy. It's just that like, I'm excited to see what else is out there. Right. Right. We see the possibilities. So when I said, let's start that business with the whole ice cream thing. Like I knew you were totally on board, right? Because you're the next floor, but you're restraining yourself. Give your, tell your wife you get bonus points for that. <laughs> All right. So there's the the Joker. There's the Explorer. There's the the um, I don't know how to pronounce this word correctly. Kinest. Is that how you say it? You say said that a little while ago. Yes, that, isn't that funny? I don't think I realize how it's like spelled though. That's really funny. You want to know it's really funny though? Is you said it a few minutes ago. Without even thinking about it's it. It's probably because I knew the word, but then I like. <laughs> See, when you stop playing with it, it got harder. But you know what? Maybe now that I'm saying it, you know, I last uh, last summer, I bought my this uh, called a, an elliptigo, which I is, remember you told me about it. It's like a bike, but an elliptical. And it's like it totally is weird looking, and I love it because it turns, mm-hmm. it turns like you know heads, and you know I, I fortunately have not caused any accidents yet. And the drivers like, what is that? As they take their eyes off the road and hit the person in front of them, it's, it probably will happen at some point. But this thing is fun, and I just I love it because it's weird and it's a fun workout. And so maybe I so you're also a performer though, because it sounds like the thing that's fun about it is the attention that you get. <laughs> I never thought about that, but maybe. Because if it wasn't, if it, if you weren't getting the attention for it, like if you were just sitting doing it in your living room. You're right. But I do, I, I mean, I, I use an exercise bike, you know, in, in the wintertime. Um, you sound really excited about that. Right. So you can see the difference. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I go in my basement and use my uh, the exercise bike. <laughs> right. I do, I do exercise. Right? But I, 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 that's, that's my time where I allow myself to play video games on my iPad. Nice. So yeah. there's, the, there's the competitor. Yep. Um, the artist and creator. Yep. The director. The storyteller. I mean, all of me, I resonate with so so many. Yeah. Things. Now the collector. The first thing I thought was, isn't that a nice way to say the hoarder? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how you do it. I think hoarders are indiscriminate. Okay. So you're yeah. re- okay. I have a neighbor who's a hoarder. I can't, the postman will not deliver things to her anymore because they can't get through the door. Really? Uh, yep. Uh, yep. And, 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 and it's indiscriminate. It's piles of newspaper and boxes and stuff like that. And I think the collector is a little more specific and maybe it's, you know, more than one collection over time or at a time, but, um, yeah. okay. No, I, I, I can see. And, that, and that's fun. And that creates, uh, lights up the brain and the performer you know one of the things that i um i was talking to someone about uh you know i've been doing more more and more presenting and that a couple weeks ago i did this uh uh the six hour presentation uh to a the school district and i love it like to me it's like it's a drug like because i know i'm connecting with them i know i'm giving people these aha moments i know i'm like i am causing people to re like to completely shift the way they think about everything related to ADHD. Yeah. Like I am changing mindsets. I'm changing attitudes. And it's like, and I, and I know that that impact that's going to have on so many kids is, I mean, that's powerful. Even when I talk, like even as I'm saying this to you, I'm getting like the goosebumps of just the experience. Well, I remember when you were first starting, you had first got this and we talked weeks, weeks ago, and it wasn't this thing that you were dreading. It was this opportunity that you had. Um, so, and hearing you now talk about it, I mean, 
yeah, I think, you know, explorer and performer own it, be it. I love it. I like, Cause you know, I, <laughs> I, there was a story that I actually said during, um, told during the presentation that I had no, nope, I didn't plan on, on telling it. It wasn't even something that was in my like story repertoire. It's like the thought came to me while I was talking about something Yep. and I went with it and I allowed myself to cry on stage while telling oh. the story. It was, uh, nice. yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, so yeah, I guess performer is um is one of them. I, I skipped over bullseye for some reason, so I don't remember. Well, what that bullseye was about. isn't one of them. Bullseye is actually a little story. Okay. Um, about me going to the shooting range, uh, with a friend of mine, who <laughs> was teaching me to shoot, and I wasn't doing so great. And he said, "I tell you what, let's have a little competition." And he said, "You know, whoever hits the most bullseyes wins." And I, he knows me. That's how to get me to. <laughs> Don't work harder at anything. And yes, I uh, triumphed and I put it in the book. I, I, I thought, I don't think I'll put his name in the book. He might be a little bit mad at me for outing him. <laughs> he got beaten by a girl shooting because this is a big deal to him. So this is my first thought was just so for people that don't know, Kirsten Milliken is not a um, short person. Uh, how tall are you? Six feet. Six, so when we add the, the hats that she wore, she's like six foot nine. Um, <laughs> so just this thought of like of you with a gun, it was just like terrifying. I just want to say. <laughs> I have to tell you, this, this friend of mine taught me so well, and he is like uber safety conscious. So he wouldn't even put bullets in the gun until I could show him that I knew how to handle it safely. So, um, yeah. I, I, and he never even told you that those were Nerf bullets the entire time. Right. Anyway. <laughs> That's why they weren't going so far. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so we talk about the the uh, how it's lighting up the brain. Play is important to light up the brain. Yeah. And you know, your your focus on on play, and you're talking about play as being one of the most important uh, kind of non medication uh, parts of treating ADHD. Yeah. But you're not making this stuff up like there's there's a good uh evidence base behind uh behind what you're saying here absolutely i mean if you go all the way back to the early 1900s lev vygotsky was doing uh research on play and talked about the zone of proximal development that when kids are engaged in play they are in fact exercising what we now call executive skills at at some of the highest levels they show more self-control um they you know, have self-imposed rules that they play within. Um, they're not as impulsive. They are more empathetic towards other people. Uh, so, you know, all the way back then, and if you look at any of the developmental theories um, that have <laughs> that have been developed, um, <laughs> you'll find that that play is part of almost every single one, and it it really speaks to the fact of that it's important in development and it's not just about, you know, we need, we need to learn how to fun. We need to learn how to run around. We need to, you know, be physically active. It's because it develops. It's how we develop our brain. Um, when uh, Stuart Brown, who we referred to earlier, who did the play personalities uh, actually started some of his research on play because he was looking, he was doing research on murderers who on death row. And as he interviewed all of these people, the, one of the things that he found in all of them was that they had a lack of play as mm. kids. Um, and so, you know, that, that empathy, the uh, impulsivity, um, there were a lot of, of the frontal lobe functions that really hadn't been developed. So if you think about it, 
Um, you know, we do social, being social with people, um, wanting, play, we talked about earlier, play is done for its own sake. But if you want to keep on doing it, which is also part of play, if you're engaged well in play, you want to keep on doing that. You have to do it in a way so that whoever you're playing with also wants to continue. Right. right Unless right. you're playing by yourself. So uh, one of the examples that I gave the other day, um, I was doing a presentation with a friend of mine. And I said, you know, if um, Deshaun wants to play cards with me and she's really good at playing cards and I really don't play cards very well uh, and she keeps putting her best effort in because she loves to win. After a little while, I'm not going to be having much fun, but she wants to keep playing and she wants like, she really likes me. So she might not try so hard so that we can keep on playing and having fun. So she's exercising some self-control. She's not as impulsive wanting to go with that urge to get that little jolt of, you know, woo, I won. Um, and she's being considerate. She's, mm -hmm. you know, developing her social skills, thinking of others. So but it's uh, interesting when you bring that up, too, because, you know, my other half of my practice, my clinical practice, I work with, with kids with autism yeah. and teaching that concept is such a it's really hard it to understand that it's like, you know, if there's two people playing a game, there are two people that want to win, but only one person can. Yeah. And if you are way yeah. better at somebody and you want that and you want to play with that person, you have to bring yourself down a bit and not and try to not let them know that you're bringing themselves down a bit. So yes, we're asking you That's to right. sort of lie, but we're all expect Yeah. Because for that, yeah. because it, because of autism, they view that as lying. So it's like, yes, that is what we're asking yes. you to do. It's a, it's a very gray area of, of lying, but the reason yeah. we do it is because what's most important is how we feel being around each other. That's right. Not just how and I win. think as, as kids and adults, it's also important to um, it got brought up the other day. Uh, you know, if I like to if I like being the performer, but you like being the kinesthete, you know, maybe I don't like running around. Maybe I just like being on stage and giving speeches. How you know, how can we play together? And it's not an either or. There mm -hmm. are lots of activities that combine these types of play. And it's just figuring out how to integrate them so that we can all have fun together. <laughs> and so it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of it sounds like it um, divergent thinking, um, you know, which we tend to be almost too good at sometimes mm. that, you know, where we're thinking about the, the relationships between many things Um you know, so that's where I think play can be, you know, is where we can be kind of naturally good at it if we give ourselves permission. That's right. Play. Yes. Yes. So you, um, I was listening to your interview with uh, with Jeff Copper uh, um, about the book, and you were talking about how writing this book was was really fun for you. It was. And you're 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 talking about how. Um, for you know, for some people, writing is you know the thought of writing is not fun, and so I had this thought while I was listening to this. I was like, "What if I lie to myself and tell myself that writing is fun?" <laughs> and then I started down this whole other train of thought, um, and I'm not sure which got you away from writing. Didn't exactly, <laughs> and now we are still back to the, yeah. the book that one day I might write. Um, so I will tell you that I mean i I literally wrote this book three times. The first time when I got three quarters of the way through, I thought, oh, my God, this is a textbook. 
This is horrible. Like it was me regurgitating all the information that I had learned about ADHD and play over the years. It really was not that interesting. And it definitely wasn't fun. Um, and I had this great vision that I wrote down. I verbalized it to some people. What you know? What kind of book do I want to write? And then I realized that again, I couldn't just do it by myself. Which isn't to say I had anybody sitting down writing with me. But I had people on a regular basis that I was talking to about it as I was going along that kind of sparked ideas and had me thinking about it differently mm -hmm. and made it more fun because it wasn't this solo activity that was all just coming out of my head. I mean, if we go back and listen to episode, I don't know what episode you were on. Um, back way at, back in way, the beginning. Way, way back in the beginning. I think it was in the 20-somethings. Um, which I and I remember the intro clip though is is still like the, probably one of the only I actually can remember. It was. Uh, do you remember what it was? Oh God! It was something about Kirsten Milliken. Well, I do remember you saying you. my name. I remember you saying my name, and it was this big long drawn. <laughs> no, no, no. So the the intro, like you know, I, I usually grab a little section of the interview and put it as a kind of a teaser. Okay. Oh yeah, the teaser. The Playing with other people is way more fun than playing with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. You know, so this truly, first of all, congratulations on this book because you, you. you um, one, you, when we first talked, you were yeah. writing the book and yeah. you've brought it to the finish line, which is awesome. Congratulations. And Thank it's, you. it's beautiful. It's well done. It's fun. Uh, I mean, things, she has a chapter here about gamify anything and gives very concrete strategies on how to make, um, sucky tasks more fun and you have a whole point system that you've come up with um you know ideas for for play make you know so you're kind of bringing the fun stuff but then also looking at it in the realms of okay understanding people with adhd have difficulty with, with the organizing planning time management so you actually give kind of productivity based strategies to how to integrate this um into uh into your kind of daily routine your, your life. Well, and I think you probably noticed, Eric, that some of those apps are things that um, maybe I learned from you or you and I talked about at some point. Like so, Epic Win? Yeah. I, I did uh, notice. I've had that forever. Yes. Awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> so I thought that you and I should play one of your games. Okay. Which okay. game would you like to play? Conversation Starters. Conversation Starters. What page are we on here? Uh, 127. 127. Where you have... Um, yeah. A flying or invisibility is always my favorite conversation starter. So let's see if I read this correctly. Um, I thought it was, there was this, um, um, wait, so is this an either or game? Is this what I thought it was? Maybe no, I, maybe no, 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 there's no, well, flying or invisibility is, but the, but there are some other things here that have to do with just how to start engaging in, um, I think what you did was you took a a little thing that was just meant to be a little blurb. Yep, I did. Because it looks like a headline for I the did. next section, and it's not. <laughs> I did. Because I, I did some uh, some speed reading. Um, there you this. go. That's all okay. So um, here's my question to you. Yes. Flying or invisibility? Actually, I, I, let's make it more open-ended. If you could have any superhero power, what would it be? I could have any superhero power. What would it be? Um, it's 
37,000 thoughts just went through my mind. Um, that is not a superhero power. To think of just one thing at a time, that's a superhero <laughs> power I want. Um, Can I tell you that what was really interesting is I went to an event and I asked that question of people coming to the event and they all put it on their name tag. And I had the highest number was flying or invisibility. Those were the mm-hmm. two you know, greatest answers to the question. And usually the men said flying and the women said invisibility. And most often that happened to people who are couples. Interesting. So a room full of 50 people. And I think I had like five couples where the man said flying and the woman said invisibility. You know, there's some other things that I would, that I would like, um, like to be able to, to, you know, the whole idea of begin with the end in mind. Yes. To be able to actually know what that looks like. That would be an awesome superpower. Nice. Or to, um, you know, to have this thought of, oh, I got to go do this today. And then just, it happens. There you go. That would be a pretty cool superpower. I, I want to be able to teleport any place I want to go. That would be pretty cool. Painlessly. That would Painlessly. Be cool. Yeah. With all the pieces in the right place when I land. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's always a problem on TV. <laughs> so if, um, w- would you rather, well, I'm sort of going to like go from var- I would lo- variations. I would actually love to hear also what your viewers have to say about that. So I'm sure you've got a spot like on your Facebook page or something where people respond. I would love to hear people tell us what superpower they would love to have. And I'd love to see how creative people get. So how about this? If we can get 20 people to respond um, to, to that, uh, I will put those 20 people's names in a hat and I will buy a book for one of those people. I will send you a book for one of those people or I'll send it to them. Awesome. <laughs> I will give you a book to give away. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. All right. So flying or invisibility or other. No, I would say the question just is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? All right. And the challenge really is to get creative. All right. So let's uh, I'm going to go through a couple of these and sort of take some creative liberties in my questions. Um, Would you rather watch cat videos on YouTube or like um, people like hurting themselves on YouTube? You know, those like videos of like people like where it's like, oh, Oh, that has to hurt. Which one? Uh, yeah, I, I don't like those videos at all. And and I would tell you that as soon as you said cat videos, that, that was almost automatically going to be my answer. Not because it's just the cat video, because my son loves watching them. And I love sitting with him watching them because it's the comments he makes are hilarious. <laughs> I, I did once. I it was once putting together a presentation where I wanted to make a slide about just like cat videos. Yeah. And I got sucked in for three hours watching cat videos. <laughs> Which made the story of it so much better when I actually presented that. All right. It's like, would you rather (laughs) would you rather make a totem pole or carve a pumpkin? Ooh. I think a totem pole. Okay. Why? More permanent, bigger, more options, I think. Yeah. Would you rather play hopscotch or drink scotch? Oh, how about drinking scotch while playing hopscotch? Done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather fly a kite or chase a kite? I'd rather be the kite. You'd rather be the kite. I'd rather be the kite. This is a subtle message to plug Tom Nardone's book, uh, Chasing Kites. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, He's going to love editing editing this. Um, (laughs) 
these are great. These are so good. All right. So where can people get your book? <laughs> or where can people not get your book? <laughs> Would you write, do you want people to go to your website or to Amazon? Well, so, I mean, obviously I want people on my website, sign up for the newsletter and just to see the book cover. Um, and there's a link there where you can go get the book. Uh, unfortunately, I live in a state where I cannot be an Amazon affiliate. So uh, oh. you can, yes, I, I'm in one so of those. So go through my website then, ADHD So go to Eric's website when you want to order the book. Uh, because Eric is not in one of those states. I used where to they be have sucky governors. I used to be. It was it was changed like not that long ago. Oh, that's good. So so you know go to, go to playdhd.com and you can sign up for the newsletter. I, I, the most I ever send things out is once a week, um, and sometimes it's further in between. Um, but if you want to order the book, you can either go to amazon.com and put in playdhd. I swear it's the only book that will come up with that title. Um, and, or you can go to Eric's website at ADHDrewired.com and you will find the book on his site, uh, and order it through him. Awesome. So Kirsten, I know that, um, there's also a conference coming up. Do you want to say anything about that? And I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that this is going to come out before the that. conference. <laughs> <laughs> so either so, you're going to be telling us about the conference that everyone just missed or the conference that you should go to. Exactly. So uh, April 28th through May 1st in Reston, Virginia, uh, we are having the International ADHD Professionals Conference that's being hosted by the ADHD Coaches Organization. It is three days filled with classes on how to build your business as a coach, as well as learning about um, ADHD coaching, advancing your practice in coaching. Um, we are having an open house event. If you live in the Reston area and you're able to get there on the evening of April 28th from 6 to 8.30, there is a public event where we are having uh, Mrs. Virginia is going to be there, Marta Boda, who one of her platforms is around ADHD. Uh, we're having Harold Payne, who came to our conference last year and is just an amazing songwriter and performer. Um, Barbara Luther is going to be doing a demonstration on ADHD coaching, and all of our coaches will be there to answer questions um, and give information to people about ADHD coaching so they know what it is. Um, and then, yeah, we're just, we're planning on having so much fun. I should say I'm chairing the conference this year, so I'm a little biased, but you know that if I'm chairing the conference, it's gotta be a little bit of fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. So I hope that some of you can come either as a member of the public or as a professional attending. Well, I think it'll be a great oh, conference. And the website is ADHDprofessionals with an S conference.com. So that that ends in an S or starts in it's ADHDprofessionalsconference.com. <laughs> like professional does not start with an S. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Can you give a, a one sentence description of your book without using the letter S? It's no <laughs> play be fun. <laughs> play be fun, yo. I don't think I can. I love the letter S. <laughs> now I'm, I'm trying to see if I can do it. Learn how you can apply play to your life to manage ADHD. Brilliant. High five. Woo! Boom. That was 
That was awesome. Kirsten, I was impressed. (laughs) Thanks for playing. Thank you for playing with me. (laughs) Tom, don't use that as the intro quote because that was... (laughs) This was so much fun. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Eric. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. If starting is the hardest part, finishing is a close contender. And here we are at the final stretch. And if you're new to the show, welcome to ADHD Rewired. We are more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. You could see full outline of this and all other episodes with all the links and resources mentioned on today's show at ADHDrewired.com. As always, there are a number of ways you can support this podcast. Make it a mission to tell at least one person this week about the podcast. And if you're with them in person, ask them for their phone and subscribe to the podcast for them right there. If you haven't done so already, please go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave an honest rating and review. Yes, it makes a huge difference. Set a reminder so you don't forget. You think I'm kidding. I know some of you have been listening for two years. Yes, this podcast is just about coming up on its two-year anniversary. And you still haven't left a review. Seriously? Come on, send me some five-star love. And thank you. You can also help support this podcast by checking out my sponsors. I use Zoom video conferencing every day, and so can you. Go free or go pro, but please go to erictivers.com slash Zoom so they know that I sent you. And get a free audiobook from Audible at audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. And next time you shop Amazon, use the Amazon search portal at my website. A small percentage of your purchase will go to support this show, and it doesn't cost you any extra. Get a jump start on your summer productivity. Our coaching and accountability group begins May 16th. These groups sell out fast. Go to coachingrewired.com for more information and to schedule your free screening call with me today. Do you know that I give talks and all-day workshops? If your school, business, organization, or conference planning committee is looking to hire that person to give an incredible, educational, inspirational talk on ADHD, then look no further than erictivers.com. Click on Talks at the top of the page. Don't just be a passive listener. Become an active member of the ADHD Rewired community. We're on Facebook. You can like our page, but submit your request to join our free and growing community. Watch for a message from me on Facebook because I screen everyone before they come into the group. Production support for this podcast comes from the master of mediocrity himself, Tom Nardone. Go to TomNardone.net to check out his blog, podcast, and to get a copy of his awesome personal memoir, Chasing Kites. Hey, Tom, do you have anything to add? Until next time.